More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, after a cold, wet winter, it's officially tulip season at 1-800-Flowers.com. And when it comes to surprising your friends and loved ones with the best blooms and the brightest colors, well, there's only one place to go, 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, these gorgeous flowers have just arrived just in time for Easter and at a truly unbeatable price. Now, right now, 1-800-Flowers is giving you, my listeners, an exclusive 30 for 30 offer. 30 assorted tulips for just 30 bucks. And with a bright and beautiful mix of orange and yellow and pink blooms, well, these assorted tulips are perfect for surprising anyone at Easter, maybe for a birthday or just because, because, because. Now, 30 assorted tulips for just 30 bucks is an amazing offer. It expires Friday. And when it comes to getting spring tulips, I don't settle for anything less than 1-800-Flowers.com. Now to order 30 stunning assorted tulips for only 30 bucks, just go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, put in my last name, Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com, put in the promo code Hannity. Hurry, because this offer ends on Friday. All right, what a news day this is, and we're glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Of course, our top story remains... All the surveillance of then-candidate Trump, all the surveillance of President-elect Trump and his transition team, and all the lies that we are now being told, and whether or not we'll get to the bottom of this. This is beyond Watergate on steroids and human growth hormone. We'll get to that. Now, we're also watching very, very closely. It looks like we are on course for Thursday and the nuclear option as it relates to Neil Gorsuch and the schedule for this, thanks to our friend Jamie Dupree, is that around, well, I guess it just probably is about happening right about now, they file cloture that Senator McConnell, the the Senate majority leader, will file cloture on Gorsuch. And Wednesday is a day of debate, so that'll be tomorrow. Thursday morning will be, I'm sorry, the, the day of debate will be today. I'm sorry, all day long. Nobody's really covering it, though. Thursday morning will be the cloture vote. That's tomorrow morning. When they don't get the 60 votes, then they'll go to the nuclear option. Now, the final vote is on schedule for Friday, either in the afternoon or evening, 30 hours after the cloture vote. 
Now, my guess is now here's here's a, a real educated guess. Even though the Democrats want to sensationalize this as much as they possibly can and do something that has never been done before over 200 years, they are politicizing a Supreme Court choice of a president. And only for pure political purposes are they doing this. So now I'm just predicting, though, that their their commitment to their filibuster will probably weaken as we get close to Friday afternoon because they want to go home. And they're going on Easter recess. By the way, you might think, oh, Easter's this Sunday. No, Easter's not this Sunday. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. The next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Oh, and they're very religious. Yeah, very. Okay. And you know when they get back in the house? They get back in the house on the 24th. What is today's date? So they're going, today's the 5th. They're going to be back the 24th. Who takes off like this in their life? It's unbelievable. So what's going to happen is that's pretty much what's happening there. Now, we're also following the House GOP and their talk is ongoing on health care. My inside sources have informed me there's a big push going on right this hour as we now address that issue. And, you know, I I just. There's a part of me I am so ready to unload. I really am. Linda's laughing because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm going to hold my fire for now because I'm disgusted at the Republican Party's handling of this. It is. Beyond incompetent. It is beyond it is so far beyond anything that I understand in my day-to-day life. You know, going away on vacation from tomorrow to the 24th of April, that is not something I have ever done in my entire life. And they have 12 of these vacations a year. Now there's a part of me that says, good, get them the hell out of there. They can't tax us to death. But at this point in time, the Trump agenda of fixing the economy, lowering taxes, getting repatriation money back in, building a wall, fixing health care, moving to energy independence, education and fixing everything else, crime and everything else, building up our military is too important. So it actually would be nice if maybe they would forego their usual 50 weeks vacation every year and maybe do what we all do every day, meaning all of you in your lives, I mean, all right, just everybody stop for a second. Think of every person you know and think of your own life. Because this is what my life is like. I work 18 hours a day because I'm, I'm an absolutely obsessed addict when it comes to work, and I want to do the best job I can. How many of you do the same thing? You get up in the morning. I look at, oh, I don't have time to make breakfast. I never eat breakfast. And when I do, I just, like, scramble two egg whites together really fast and put them in the microwave for crying out loud. It's ridiculous. No, I actually fry it up. I, I, I'll do it that way. It's not that bad. It only takes a second. So I'll do two, two quick egg whites. Boom, I'm on my way. And then I don't eat again until I get home for dinner, which is late at night. I know it's the worst time to eat before I go to bed. Why are you laughing in there? I don't eat Campbell's chicken noodle soup anymore. You should be happy. You don't have to order it for me. But every- you've gone from not eat to not eating from eating soup. It's just a step in the wrong direction. Okay, I was fat, and you have to admit I look better because I lost 15 pounds. I'd, By starving? No, I'm not happy it, about it. Well, I, it was either that or give up, you know, a vodka every night, and I wasn't giving up my vodka. Vodka is fat-free. Okay, vodka with lemons and limes is not fat-free. Yes, it is. 
Lemons and limes, don't they have calories? I no, don't know. No, they don't. That's why you suck on them, because it's the only sugar you can get. It's natural sugar. All right. Well, I'm a salt addict, and I like to eat a steak every night. Got an answer for everything. And cab- Well, I eat cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli. But anyway, I'm digressing. That's pretty much my diet. I have diet. so many inappropriate things to say about that, but I'm going to be quiet. No, say it. Go ahead, say it. I don't care. You must smell wonderful in your house. No, that's not a problem. Vodka, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage. All right. Well, are, are, are you You know, I love the fact that you all feel free to just mock your boss every day. I, I mean, said I was going to keep it to myself. You encourage no, us no, because you're sitting in there telling all of them, and then it's funny. And I'm not a part of the joke. I would actually be like to be a part of whatever's going on inside of there. Although I do prefer the privacy of being alone in my studio while I'm trying we'll to do you my anytime. show. Time, come on in. Not yeah. on the days you have cabbage, but no. come on in. I have cabbage every day, almost. Oh, God, every single day. I love cabbage. Cabbage mixed with broccoli. Smart Balance and cauliflower is delicious. Just put a little bit of Smart Balance in there. It's better. Uh, I think it's better than butter, but I it's know. probably not. All right, back to. But I digress. So the average person listening to this program doesn't get to go on vacation like Congress till the twenty fourth, especially after they promised for seven or eight years to get this stupid bill repealed and replaced. I honestly, I don't understand people that sit on the sidelines every day with no sense of purpose or urgency to do a good job every day and the fact that they can't get these factions together to get this bill passed it's driving me insane i don't understand why not at this point because it's pretty simple to do you know if this is not the most complicated or and by the way if i hear reconciliation the bird bill the bird rule cloture my head's going to explode because there's not one American that gives a flying rip about the process challenges that they face in the Senate. All they want is to know you kept your promise and did your job, lower the premiums that have gone astronomically high, unaffordable for many people, get rid of these ridiculously high deductibles for people, and give us better care for less money by using free market competition healthcare savings accounts, health cooperatives, and all the other solutions we've been laying out on this program. It's not that hard. These Republicans are just pathetic. They cannot get their act together. And you're going to, I know what they're going to say. Well, it's very hard, Sean, because we have different fractions within the Republican Party. We're a very diverse party, and we have the moderate congressman, and we have the study group congressman, and we have the Tuesday group congressman, and then your beloved Freedom Caucus, Hannity, they're part of this problem, too. And then we have the Let's Go Drinking on Saturday Night Caucus, and they're all the different factions and coalitions aren't agreeing. I don't want to hear it. Neither does any American. Do your job. Do your job before you go on vacation. Do your job because you're supposed to be public servants. Do your job because the rest of the president's agenda hangs in the balance because of the savings he's supposed to get from health care that would apply to his economic bill and his economic plan, which is supposed to create jobs. Which is, again, you wanted the Congress, you got it. You wanted the Senate, you got it. You wanted the White House, you got it. Although a lot of you really didn't ever support the president, which annoys me also. Well, we now have more job growth, by the way. Private sector created 263,000 jobs in March. Significant increases from what Obama was leaving us with. There's more confidence in the economy now than there has been since 2007. 
I mean, these are major, major improvements that are happening here. And you guys are about to go on your two, three-week vacation. It's, it's, I, I, I can't take it. The White House is a story out today on Bloomberg because of the president doing what he can do on his own has now saved $10 billion by the repeal of regulations during the Trump era. In other words, Trump repealed 11 Obama-era rules. He's got two more pending, and the estimates have come out that it's going to save $10 billion. And they rescinded 11 Obama-era regulations. Also, it was huge when the president rescinded all these restrictions as it relates to natural gas and coal and energy production in the country and allowing the Dakota pipeline and the Keystone pipelines to move forward. He's doing his job. He's trying to do keep his promises. Why can't these other guys keep theirs? Everybody I know, you're listening to this program. This is what your, probably your average day is like. All right, you get up in the morning. You're tired. You barely can open your eyes. You go shovel coffee down your throat. Thank God for these new Carrick coffee machines. And we make a cup of coffee that actually tastes good in three seconds. I hate to admit it. I've been using Starbucks Bold Dark. I know. It's, it's my favorite coffee. And I hate the Starbucks guy. I know I shouldn't be using it. But you got to get me a better brand and I'll try it. Because don't give me that look because I'm sorry I'm being honest. Anyway, and then you go off to work. You fight traffic or you get in some crowded subway or you get in some crowded bus that people stink and smell and detestable. And then you make your way into the office or you make your way into a contracting site or whatever you happen to do for a living. You, you put in your 12 hours a day. I don't know anybody that works eight hours. Do you know anybody that works eight hours a day? I don't know anybody that works eight hours a day. And then you, then you, you fight your way home through the traffic. You fight your way home on the subway or buses or train or however you get to and from work. And then you, you get home. You got to help your kids with, your, with their homework. You got to yell at them because they didn't behave at school that day. Then you got to put a meal on the table. And so then you go in the kitchen. I'm, you know, you're cooking dinner for everybody. And then you finally. Cauliflower and cabbage. Are you done? Cabbage with, is great with cauliflower and broccoli. And then you, you, you literally, you do more work. And then you go to bed. Maybe you put on whatever, watch Hannity that night, I hope, for my rating's sake. And that's, that's the average person. And then you probably work a little on the weekends. And then you probably maybe find a little time. If you're a guy, you go fishing, you play golf. If you're a lady, you go hang out and do whatever the ladies do. You know, go shopping, hang out, coffee, tea, crumpets. I don't know what people do. I don't know. I have no idea. But even if I'm watching TV on the weekend, I'm watching television and reading. I never stop reading. I read all the time. I am addicted. Even during this show, I can text, read, and write at the same time. And these people are going to go away and we're not going to have a health care bill. It pisses me off. It just pisses me off. Because we deserve better. And for those of you in the liberal media, take note, Sean Hannity is criticizing a Republican Party that can't get their blank together. Because it's pathetic. It is now becoming pathetic. Serve the country. Your public servants do your job. What's so hard about this? All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. 
And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to mypillow.com or call 800 919 6090. Use the promo code Hannity, and Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has the special four pack. Now you get 40% off two my pillow premiums and two go anywhere pillows. Now my pillow is made here in the USA, has a 60 day unconditional money back guarantee, and a 10 year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. Yeah, they're lazy and they're going on vacation soon. Uh, everyone in there thinks they're funny because they all put their feet up on their desk and they're acting like they're drinking beer and uh, relaxing and not doing their job. I don't Listen, play the, any game you want, but you don't do your job around here. You don't last. Have I'm, I, I'm just thirsty. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, what have I always said about firing people? I don't fire it's people. Hard. No, I always say people fire themselves. You do, you, I don't fire people. People really end up always, in, in my universe, firing themselves, those people that get fired. And there's very few because I'm not stupid in the people that I hire. And I just want people that want to care about their job as much as I do. And I wish that Congress cared about their job as much as all of you in this audience care about yours. And the difference is, is they're not likely to get fired. And, you know, 90 percent because of gerrymandering, these people get reelected. And it's it's sad that there's no sense of urgency, real life urgency that you know, let's say you're an emergency room doctor. What do you get to go away for Easter? No, you got to work Easter day. You know, if you work in the restaurant business, you're working Easter Sunday or Palm Sunday or Christmas Day or Thanksgiving Day. And all those waiters and waitresses and everybody in between, by the way, that didn't come through the way you wanted. It came through gibber josh, you know, gibberish. And I'm just like. I'm so frustrated that they can't get this health care bill done beyond uh, beyond words. And, you know, uh, and then they're going to go away. You know, stay and do the stay and do your work till you get it done. Stay, stay and do your job. And if that means working this Saturday and this Palm Sunday, like average people, like real people, like all of us in the real world that care about our jobs, I can't imagine not caring about work. I, I mean, I think back to every job I've had in my life. I mean, when I was washing dishes, they piled up unless I moved. And they weren't going away until I cleaned them. That was my job. You know, if when I was a cook, those, you know, sheets that line up on, on, on in front of the boiler... They need to get fulfilled, and they get they line up fast. You got to move. I used to run inside these kitchens I worked in. I'd be, I'd be running back and forth like, a, and I loved it, sweating and loving it. When I was a kid, I was making money. I loved it. Nice St. Pauli girl at the end of the night was perfect for a thirteen-year-old kid. That was heaven. Sometimes they give us two, and that was really heaven. Two St. Pauli girls. I know. When I was a busboy, I remember I worked at this place in Floral Park, the Mary Peddler. I would run being a busboy. Run. 
I remember when it, the bar got busy, I was running across the bar. Had to make every pina colada, banana, strawberry, daiquiri by hand at the time. Every margarita by hand and blend it. What a pain in the you-know-what. Thank God they've streamlined the making of pina coladas and daiquiris. And came to, How about a shot and a beer? It's good grief. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, that's on the house. Take the shot and the Budweiser. Just for not making me work that hard. Used to have to make uh, every single one by hand. And now you got a full restaurant, a full bar, five deep. The, the, nobody wants to wait for their drink. Move. Can I have a pina colada, a banana daiquiri, and I'll take a regular daiquiri, and I'll take a strawberry daiquiri. I made the best strawberry daiquiris. Take real strawberries. You fill it up halfway in the blender. Then you put in a little bit of heavy cream just so it goes from a dark red color to a little lightish pink color. It really makes a big difference. Then you put in a ton of sugar to sweeten it out. And then you put in your rum and your strawberry liqueur, pile it on with ice, and mix it, and it comes out. You put an umbrella in, and you're done. It's that simple. Maybe that's missing from the healthcare meetings. Maybe they need some booze. Maybe I'll send over a case of Jameson, see if they can't get these guys moving. Maybe I'll lock them in the room with pizza, Jameson's, Bud, Coors Light, whatever they want, and they can't leave the room until I'll keep sending in food until they can't take being around each other anymore. And they get the health care bill done. That's what I've been saying. Get, bring in all the different think tanks because these guys are smart. The, health, uh, the, the, the Heritage Foundation is full of smart people. Club for Growth, smart people. Bring in the Tea Party Patriot people. Bring in the Cato Institute. Let them advise them on, on the best bill that's going to lower premiums and give people better care, more choices, and more options. Let's see what's so hard about this. They had eight years to prepare for this moment. Eight years. All right, I want to move on. The president said to the New York Times today that former National Security Advisor Susan Rice may have committed a crime by asking for the names of people who were mentioned in these intercepted communications. In other words, the unmasking. He says, I think it's going to be the biggest story. I agree with the president. This is a... This is Watergate on steroids and human growth hormone at massively high doses and levels. It's huge. Anyway, that's what he said. He declined requests for evidence. It's not the president's job. Media research points out, Brent Bozell points out, the liberal media, there's nothing to see here. That's their approach to Susan Rice's politically motivated unmasking of Trump and his associates as both a candidate and as a president-elect. Oh, that's nothing. Do you not understand we're weaponizing and politicizing intelligence gathering in the country? We're absolutely wiping and stomping on the Constitution and our Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable search and seizure, our First Amendment rights for freedom of expression. This is, this is the beginning of a police state if this takes hold. That's how dangerous this is. But we, you notice we never get to the bottom of anything, and that's Congress's fault again. Why has Hillary Clinton gotten away with her email server in the mom-and-pop shop bathroom in a bathroom closet and all the lies that she told? How did she get away with giving 20% of America's uranium by signing off as Secretary of State at the exact same time and leading up to the time where she signed off on it when all this money is being funneled through surrogates of these companies into the Clinton Foundation. 
and her husband's getting double his speaking rate in Moscow. And we've had eight months of no evidence conspiracy theory advancement by the mainstream media. You know, remember when Donald Trump put out that he had been wiretapped, he was right. Donald Trump told the truth. I'm going to do this in my opening monologue on Hannity tonight. So what did they do? They ridiculed, they mocked, they bashed Donald Trump. Now that Donald Trump has been proven right, where's their apology and corrections? You know, Trump colluded with the Russians to win the election. It is a totally debunked, baseless claim that the mainstream media has now been focused on without a shred of evidence for eight months. Remember when uh, Devin Nunes announced that he'd seen credible evidence that Trump and members of his transition team had been caught up in this incidental surveillance where the names were unmasked. Well, they didn't practice minimization. They didn't practice protecting the names of Americans, which is standard operating procedure. Nunes also revealed that intel was shared among high-level Obama administration officials. So instead of the media seeing the weaponization for political purposes of intelligence and politicizing intelligence, no, they want to go after Devin Nunes. What did he do wrong except report the truth in these shocking revelations? So they react by besmirching him. And then the destroyed Trump propaganda media is out there smearing anybody and everybody who doesn't echo their biased agenda. Well, we do have some real reporters and investigative reporters like Sarah Carter and and some people at Fox and others, but not a lot of them. And and then you got so-called news networks saying they won't even cover the story. Susan Rice contradicts herself from what she said two weeks ago. You know, you've got Mr. Obamagasm, thrill up his leg, Chris Matthews and others taking the low road, accusing Republicans of being racist and sexist for pointing out Susan Rice as a liar. Oh, my God, this is pathetic. These are insane times we're living in. Up is down, down is up. White is black, black is white. And if a liberal tells you there's a donut in the sky, you'll say, oh, there's a donut in the sky. And you'll get these stupid cable hosts that will repeat it and regurgitate it. They're beyond dumb. And they're feeding conspiracy after conspiracy to, I guess, an audience of of nitwits. Because if you had any common sense, you'd be able to see through all of this. Earlier today, when asked about the New York Times, asked by the New York Times, Trump said what's true. It's such an important story for our country and for the world. It's one of the big stories of our time. Trump is right. So you got a partisan press ignoring something that's much bigger than Watergate. They won't give it any attention. Ignoring the weaponization of intelligence, the politicizing of intelligence. Are they ever going to get to the bottom of who leaked the intel and committed a felony as it relates to Mike, uh, General Flynn? Will the media ever apologize for ridiculing the president over his surveillance claims now that they've been proven he was right? They're ever going to make a correction? They're ever going to offer an apology? You know, all these networks, all of them, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSN, they're all, and all their friends in the print media, the Washington Post, New York Times, they're all corrupt. They all lied, and they never own up to it. Then they claim to be fair, and then they don't like people like me. I'm bad for America. I did their job in vetting Obama. They didn't do it. I did their job 
you know, pointing out that Obama was a rigid, radical ideologue that was indoctrinated, and he never broke his indoctrination. I predicted his presidency would fail. It failed spectacularly, but they never told you the truth about that either. All throughout the election, I mean, he got one revelation after another about from WikiLeaks about collusion between the press and and Hillary Clinton's campaign, and nobody seems to care or pay attention to it. Well, we did their job there, too. Now you've got probably the biggest scandal in modern history unfolding before your eyes, and they're ignoring that also. They're now proven wrong that Donald Trump was right about, okay, maybe he could have used the word surveillance instead of wiretapping. If we're going to get into word parsing, semantics, and superfluous arguments, okay, we can argue he should have used a different word. Oh, God forbid he used the wrong word. He didn't say Navy corpsman 20 times like Obama did. Nobody in the media cared to pick up on that but us. It's so frustrating. You know, this country, this is why I'm mad at Republicans. It's like we've got all this work to do, and it's like nobody wants to do their job. The swamp just wants to stay stay on vacation all the time. Think about when you say, Roll your window down. Dial the phone. What do you? What is that? Just it's an expression. Like you don't actually roll your window down. You hit a button. You know. You don't wiretap phones anymore. It's surveillance. It's there's no wire attached but to the, your phone. But the the concept is what you're it trying doesn't to matter. convey. They were, they were surveilling the conversations. Exactly. Okay, and that's technically it's wiretapping. It's surveillance, but wiretapping surveillance. It's all the same thing. It's just an expression. It's so ridiculous. It's just absurd. When is the media, why can't they just, listen, I got to admit, in my life, I've made so many stupid mistakes. I really have. I've been a dope probably half my life as just an idiot. And I make mistakes. You know what the most underutilized word in the English language is? I'm sorry. Those words. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was wrong. I was, you know, why can't they do that? I mean, they're fixated on taking down the Fox News channel. Now, it's like 24-7, beat up on Fox, all over the place. Just outright deceptive lying and headlines. I mean, I personally, I don't care what it's about. I just don't care. I got better things to do with my time than give a flying rip about what these other people in the media is. Now, do you understand why I've never been to a correspondence dinner? You understand why I would never go? People say, well, you're going to go this year. Trump's going to be there. Well, Trump's not going to be there, nor is anybody in his cabinet. But I wouldn't go anyway because I don't like these people because I know they're dishonest to you. And I know they don't like me either. So why are we going to put on a pretense? All right, 800-941-SEAN. We're going to dig deeper. We're doing a deep dive into all of this surveillance, all of this unmasking, all of this leaking of intelligence because it happens to be the biggest story of our time and the biggest scandal you'll probably ever see in your life. Weaponizing intelligence. Politicizing raw intelligence. Sean Hannity.
All right, a lot happening today. When we come back, well, one of the few real investigative reporters that is looking into this surveillance and the weaponizing of of our intelligence and politicizing of our intelligence, and that's Sarah Carter, the senior national security correspondent for Circa.com. I mean, she has really been heads and tails way ahead on this story, and she's in the process of uh, breaking new news on this, and hopefully we'll have it uh, either now when she joins us or certainly by the time she gets on TV tonight, 10 Eastern. Uh, also, remember Susan Rice lied about Benghazi, five Sunday shows? One person that knows she lies, Chris Tonto Peranto. He was one of the heroes of Benghazi. He'll stop by today. Scott Eulinger, he's a former CIA op uh, officer. He's going to join us. Lieutenant Colonel Buzz Patterson, he used to hold the nuclear football for President Clinton. You know Susan Rice, worked for, with her for two years doesn't apparently have flattering things to say about her, but we'll, we're going to get to the bottom of weaponizing intelligence and surveillance and unmasking and leaking intelligence. We'll do the mainstream media's job, it appears like we always have to do. Straight ahead. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, we continue... Our investigation into Susan Rice, her unmasking, anything but routine, likely political, and where does this go from here? Now, Susan Rice actually said, I didn't pick this up yesterday when she did the interview with NBC, she actually said she learned from the press that General Michael Flynn was unregistered as an agent for the Turkish government, and then she won't commit to testifying over her role in unmasking the Trump team. And then it raises all sorts of questions. How did Evelyn Farkas know all the things she knew? And what did Brennan know? And what did Clapper know? And what did Rhodes know? What did Valerie Jarrett know? What did the president know? And these are the questions now that remain unanswered. Now, the media stands by their this-is-not-a-story thing and just want to focus on every other thing imaginable, including an eight-month conspiracy without any evidence whatsoever. Anyway, this is now beginning to unfold even more so today. I understand when we're going to talk to Sarah Carter in just a second that she is working on a story she may be able to break by as early as tonight as it relates to Susan Rice. We'll ask her about that next, but listen to Susan Rice from yesterday first. Was there suspicion about Michael Flynn? Andrea, I don't want to talk about any individuals. I've spent uh, hours with Michael Flynn during the transition, as was my responsibility, to try to provide him and other members uh, of the Trump transition team with the best possible uh, briefings I could as to what they needed to do to hit the ground running. Uh, We had very uh, civil and cordial interactions, uh, and he conducted himself professionally, and, and I did the same. So I don't want to get into concern about any particular individuals. Again, I think that would be crossing a line. Did you know at the time that he was an unregistered agent for the Turkish government? No. When did you learn that? In the press, as everybody else did. You didn't know that when you were National Security Advisor? Rand Paul is suggesting that you be subpoenaed to testify. Would you be willing to go to Capitol Hill? You know, Andrea, let's see what comes. Uh, I'm not going to... uh, you know, sit here and prejudge. But what I will say is that the investigations that are underway as to the Russian involvement in our electoral process are very important. They're very serious. Uh, and every American ought to have an interest in those investigations uh, going wherever the evidence uh, indicates uh, they should. And I have an interest in that as an American citizen, as a former U.S. official. I would want to be helpful in that process if I could. 
Now, keep in mind, two weeks prior in an interview on PBS, she denied knowledge of any of this whatsoever. And she's acting as though the unmasking process is is ordinary. Well, there are many officials now going on record say it's extraordinary and it's not routine at all. And especially the fact that she was looking to unmask members of the Trump team, transition team, campaign team. So she's looking for, at a very specific set of information that has to be chronicled. Now, for example, the idea that they are unmasking in these intelligence reports, people connected to Donald Trump and Donald Trump himself. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer told Fox News, from my direct experience dealing at this level, that is never done. And that the national security advisor is a manager position and uh, not an analyst position. She should have had she should not have time to be unmasking individuals having conversations. It's insane. It's never done. An ex-CIA analyst, Fred Flights, agreed, quote, Rice's denials don't add up. It's hard to fathom how the demasking was not politically motivated. Former ambassador to the U.N., John Bolton, he also has weighed in on this, calling it improper. If she wanted the names unmasked for national security reasons, well, that's a fraud on the intelligence system. And Schaefer went on to say that a U.S. citizen's interaction with a foreign target is not typically reason enough to unmask any American. These techniques, technology, procedures are reserved for potential violations of U.S. laws, adding that her actions, it's not only legally insufficient, it's politically insane. Back with us, Sarah Carter, who's been at the forefront of this entire investigation. She is the senior national security correspondent for Circa.com. I feel like she's my co-host now. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Sean, and, and thank you so much. That's a compliment. Thank you. All right. Well, some people would see that as a curse, but we'll move on from there. All right. So you're, <laughs> I, I know you agree with what Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer said. I know you agree with what Bolton said and what ex-CIA analyst Fred Flights agreed with. You're now digging a little deeper, and you think you're close to something. Can you give us a little preview? Well, I can definitely say it has to do with unmasking, and it's um, going to reveal it's going to reveal a lot more about that topic. And we're hoping to get that story out tonight. Um, one of the things that you that you did say, yes, as far as agreeing with Schaefer, yes, of course, Fred Flights, and and I've been talking to a number of people, multiple multiple people within the intelligence community, and uh, I can tell you this is extraordinarily rare. Because one of the questions they need to be asking, and I only wish I could have interviewed uh, Susan Rice myself, is was she in charge of some investigation that we don't know about? Because it would be a lot different if it's, you know, Director James Comey or, you know, uh, McCabe or somebody else who's in charge at the DOJ um, signing off for at the request to unmask names. But to have the National Security Advisor to the President, which is a managerial job, um, unmask names because she needed clarity. Um, and that was kind of her statement, that she needed clarity on, on what was happening in these conversations. I, I'm very curious as to what clarity she needed. But according to the sources that we've spoken with, it is incredible the number of people that have said that there was really no need to know when it came to the, being the national security advisor, which is a managerial position. So what, what I would want to know is what, what investigation was she in charge of? 
Who was she reporting this to? Why did she need to know this information? And it went far beyond Russia. This goes far beyond Russia, not only according to our sources who, you know, who are very concerned about this, but according to the chairman who made that very public and said this was the main reason why he was concerned. Right. But, you know, I think that the the real scandal here is going to be who knew what, when and where, what the purpose for this. You know, for the life of me, I can't get beyond any thought or any rationale than this is being political and that national security intelligence gathering was being used to really spy on Trump and the transition team and then candidate Trump. And I, I, I just we don't know the depth of it. I mean, is there, aren't there ways we can get this information? Yes, there are ways that this information can get out. First of all, I mean, obviously, there is a, there is an investigation being conducted both on the House and Senate side into this. Um, the president can also so choose to if if he sees fit to declassify this. I don't know if he will do that. I think he's going to leave this up to the committees and their investigation. I think he wants to step back from this and allow those processes to go through. But one of the issues that you brought up is the weaponization of intelligence. And, Sean, this is so detrimental to a democracy and to a republic. Weaponizing intelligence to use it against your enemies, if that was what happened, if that is the case and if that can be proven, uh, is, is not only detrimental, it would have, they would have to revamp and relook at these laws that were so loosened within the Obama um, administration's time from 2011 until 2017, and they're going to have to require maybe more regulations on who can view these, who who can ask for these unmaskings. Because remember, Susan Rice would have to go to the NSA. She would be looking at these transcripts, American One, U.S. Person One, and she would have to tell them, I need these unmasked for these reasons. And remember, those reasons were very relaxed during the Obama administration. So all she really needed to say was for national security purposes. But, so, but, but she could say it. So not charged with investigation. But we'll have a whole history of all the unmasking requests she made all throughout her years there, correct? Yes, absolutely. Those are logged. Those are logged and they are kept logged. Anytime you go to view any of these highly classified intercepts, and incidental collections is what they call it. And you have these incidental collections unmasked. They are logged. So anytime you enter um, a secured compartmentalized facility, which everybody in the intelligence community calls a skiff, you know, you can't bring your phones in. you got to go in. you got to swipe your badge. It's kept in a log. So, yes, they do have the number of times, and I'm certain that's what um, Chairman Nunez as well as um, Representative Schiff uh, also was able to see. They were able to see how many times she went in and for what purposes. And uh, that is really that is really the crux of everything. Once you see that, then you can start to see who else viewed that. What did Ben Rhodes go in? Was he on that list as well? Was he designated, if she wasn't around, to look at those lists? Who who in authority gave her see, that direction? It's very interesting because as you revealed that the laws were were lessened as it relates to this information back in 2011. So for Susan Rice to go on NBC yesterday and say, yeah, I did unmask, but I did it for national security reasons. She knows in her mind or at least believes that's legal. And then Absolutely. so and then she immediately knows the law and says, well, it's, but I didn't release it. I didn't leak it. 
because she's basically she knows she's going to get caught unmasking. She knows that that information is being has been chronicled. So all of this was, in my mind, was a defensive play on her, her part. But uh, let me get your reaction when we get back. We've got to take a break. More with Sarah Carter and others will join us at the bottom half hour. It remains our top story, and that is the surveillance, the spying, the weaponization of our intelligence community. All right, as we continue with Sarah Carter, senior national security correspondent for Circa News, she has been at the forefront of the investigation into all of the surveillance against Donald Trump, his campaign, his transition team, and President-elect Trump in the lead-up to him taking office. One of the things that I found interesting, the president did weigh in on this today in an interview with the New York Times, and he believes that he thinks it's very possible that Susan Rice committed a crime, and he said it's such an important story for our country and the world, and I would argue, yeah, if you're weaponizing the intelligence and you're politicizing the gathering of intelligence, the unmasking of of American citizens and releasing intelligence, which is a felony, yeah, that would be a major story, but the rest of the media seems to uh, not follow your lead, Sarah. Why is there the mysterious reluctance and silence from the mainstream media and the shock that the president sees what we see? I think it's shell shock. You know, they've been going down this rabbit hole, right, uh, trying to find any kind of evidence to connect Trump to Russia. And I think that in, in and of itself is like something they just can't let go of. You know, they're they're desperate to find that collusion. And, you know, as we reported in the past, John and I both broke these stories that the FBI to date has found no evidence of collusion, right, between Trump and the Russian government with regards to the interference in the election. By the way, Adam Schiff, who's now gone uh, uncharacteristically somewhat quiet in recent days since he saw what Devin Nunes saw, even he confirmed that. Yeah, correct. So he's even confirmed that. And, you know, and he is also asking for Susan Rice to testify. I think everybody kind of wants to see. I think there's going to be a switch because they have to. The the mainstream media or the media in itself, colleagues across the country are going to have to start taking a look at this because the leak itself, Sean, the leak of, like I keep going back to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn's name of that highly classified FISA intercept. That was a FISA intercept. That means that the FBI had asked for that FISA to review the Russian, you know, conversations back and forth, Russian issues. Uh, So they actually wanted that information uh, for for themselves for their investigation. And then they captured Michael Flynn's name on that. But that that is part of the Espionage Act. That is a felony, the leaking of his name. Now, if Susan Rice in some way was connected to that or somehow knew about that or helped maybe verify, then that could have been a crime. Yes, absolutely. But what But what about if, if you're at? unmasking these people and then that information gets out after you unmask it, doesn't that make you a, somewhat of a co-conspirator in some way? Well, it could definitely make you a suspect. But remember, there were other people that were unmasking. So, for example, if Michael Flynn's name was unmasked during an FBI investigation, which it appears... That would have been the Department of Justice giving the FBI the permission to unmask that name. So they took this conversation and said, look, we need to see who this person is. Um, Can we get permission from the Justice Department to unmask this person's name? And then the Justice Department would either okay it or not okay it. It would have to go through the FISA courts as well. So they would unmask the name. Now, on the other side, what we're seeing with Susan Rice is that she was using – through these loosening of regulations and laws and the FISA court itself, which signed off on it, she was, in a way, 
as some sources were saying, taking advantage of this system and saying, as the NSA, as the National Security Advisor, I need to look at all of these documents. But what doesn't make sense is that she isn't involved in the investigation. She wasn't a part of any investigation. She had a managerial position. And the information that she was looking at, apparently, according to sources, according to Chairman Nunez, and according to others, had nothing to do with Russia. So This, is, this I think, is the biggest story, political story, I've ever witnessed unfolding in our lifetime. And to watch the media ignore it is just beyond the pale. All right, uh, Sarah, stay right there with us. We're going to continue with Sarah Carter, senior national security correspondent. She's been the, the lead investigator on this whole story. Scott Eulinger is going to join us, as well as Lieutenant Colonel Buzz Patterson at the bottom of this half hour. Then uh, remember Benghazi? Remember the five Sunday shows? Remember the Susan Rice lie? Well, Chris Tonto Peranto is going to join us, and we're going to talk to him because he was there and he knew the truth, and they knew the truth when she went on those five Sunday shows. So why would you ever trust her? That's all coming up this edition of the Sean Hannity Show. We'll have full coverage of all of this and the latest breaking developments on Hannity at 10 Eastern. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. We continue our deep dive, our digging dive down into the surveillance, the unmasking, the intelligence leaking issue and the spying and weaponization of the intelligence community. And we continue with Sarah Carter. Also joining us, Scott Eulinger is with us, former CIA operations officer, and uh, Lieutenant Colonel Buzz Patterson, who carried the nuclear football for President Clinton, wrote the book Dereliction of Duty. Now, before we get to all of them, let me just remind you. Now, at the top of the hour, Chris Tonto Peranto, he was one of the heroes of Benghazi, and he knew the truth, and he knew Susan Rice was lying on those five Sunday shows, so... That makes suspect anything that she has to say regarding intelligence here or unmasking here. But here's her two weeks ago versus what she said yesterday, contradicting herself 100 percent, which means she was either lying two weeks ago or yesterday. You choose. I know nothing about this. I was surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus on that uh, count today. I mean, let's back up and recall where we have been. Uh, the president of the United States accused his predecessor, President Obama, of wiretapping Trump Tower during the campaign. Nothing of the sort occurred. Did you seek the names of people involved in, to, to unmask the names of people involved in the Trump transition, the Trump campaign, people surrounding the, pre, the, the president-elect? Let me be clear. In order to spy on them, in absolutely, order to expose them. Absolutely not for any political purposes to spy, expose anything. I really don't know to what... Uh, Chairman Nunes was referring, but he said that whatever he was referring to was a, a legal, lawful surveillance and that it was potentially incidental collection right. on American citizens. And I think it's important for, for people to understand what incidental means. That means that the target was a either a foreign entity or somebody under criminal investigation. But the fact is that uh, in, the president did request uh, back in December that the intelligence community compile all of the information that it had on what had transpired during the campaign with respect to the Russians involving themselves uh, in the presidential campaign. And that report was provided uh, to the American people in unclassified form and to Congress uh, in classified form in early January. Did the pace accelerate during the transition, perhaps in early December, uh, perhaps when the president ordered an investigation into the hacking, the Russian hacking? Did the pace of 
unmasking requests, of your unmasking requests, accelerate toward the end of the White House tenure? And I can't say the pace of un unmasking requests would accelerate, but if you're asking were there more reports provided to senior U.S. officials after the president requested the compilation of the intelligence, which uh, was ultimately um, provided in January, yes. What happened was, as the IC went about the business... The intelligence of, community the intelligence went about the business of following up on the president's of order. fulfilling the president's request for such a report. They went back and scrubbed more reports. They began to provide more such reports to American officials, including myself. This is not uh, anything uh, political has, has been alleged. The allegation is that somehow uh, Obama administration officials uh, utilized intelligence for political purposes. That's absolutely false. All right, what you heard there is one huge, massive contradiction by Susan Rice just in a two-week period of time. I, I don't know anything about this. No wiretapping uh, occurred at all. And yet she's unmasking the surveillance that did occur. And the pace is quickening. So she's contradicting herself very clearly. Scott uh, Eulinger, former CIA operations officer, do you hear, A, the contradiction, and is unmasking something that would be normal practice of the national security advisor of an American citizen when there's no warrant to surveil them and they're picked up in an incidental uh, tap of, of some foreign entity that was legitimate? Right. First, Sean, um, I do agree with what you're saying. There's definitely some dissembling going on there uh, without question. And also the, uh, the fact that a national security advisor would be regularly unmasking people would be highly irregular. I can see perhaps a situation where, to get some context, she might have requested for one report to have someone unmasked. But if she's doing this type of thing en masse, it shows that there's a lot more going on here than you know, she merely wants to keep up to date on world events. And what's your take, Buzz Patterson? Does this sound like the type of thing that would happen on a routine basis, especially for somebody no, that think, denied knowing anything about this? Yeah, so, so and I actually worked for Susan Rice for two years in the White House, 96 to 98, and um, she, I know her, and she is a, a dishonest person, and she's a political hack. Now, she wouldn't have access to that unless she was requesting those that information. Hey, hang on one second. That's, that's a breaking news alert here, if you're saying that she's a dishonest person and she doesn't tell the truth. <laughs> Breaking news now. Here's Sean Hannity. I'm only kidding. All right, well, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she uh, she wouldn't have that access to that information unless she was actually asking for it. Now, the NSC does compile reports from the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, um, the Pentagon, and put all that information into the presidential daily briefing. Now, she wouldn't see that information unless she had requested it. So that's, that's the first point. The second point is is that she um, would uh, not normally be the unmasking authority. So if she's asking for it to be unmasked, there's a reason why she's unmasking. So I, I personally believe wholeheartedly that she was doing it to support the Clinton campaign. She used to work for the Clinton. She knows them well. And to support the Obama How, how could it be anything – how could it be, Sarah, anything other than political? If, just, if somebody gives me a plausible explanation, I'm willing to listen to it. But I don't I, I can't I can't give you a plausible explana explanation for it, uh, Sean. And I think that's the reason why we're investigating this, because the only uh, information that we're getting is that 
there was grave concern that this is not common for a national security advisor. Why would she be requesting um, for the unmasking in such multitudes? It wasn't just one report. I found it really interesting, too, when, you, you know, when she referred to Nunez, she referred to the fact that, and she mentioned it once again, that it was legal and incidental collection. So she she borrows from him what she needs and throws everything else away, right? So she's trying to build cover, but there's some very serious ethical questions here, and we have to look at what happened and why is this so widespread. I mean, that to me is... Let me ask Scott, maybe you know as a former CIA op uh, officer, I mean... Please. We'll have records, as Sarah's confirming here, of everything that she looked at, correct? Correct? Yeah, I would think so, exactly. Another thing to look at, though, is um, this has been talked about just a little bit, is the, you know, she's very quick to emphasize the incidental collection. So by incidentally collecting on Americans, you um, can easily get approval to obviously listen to foreigners. In fact, you don't need any approval at all. But what, can all, what is also possible is by doing a, a net analysis, a, a phone tree of different phone conversations, it's possible, if you were politically motivated, to choose the foreigners in particular you want to, quote, listen to, because actually you really want to hear the Americans that they're speaking to. So in other words, you're violating the spirit of the law, but you're still on the knife's edge of legality there. You're gaming the system, sort of. And I'm starting to suspect that is what also has happened. I think that that's what you're saying, correct, Sarah, that they game the system. That's why the rules and laws were changed, correct? Uh, yes, and, and maybe the rules and laws weren't changed in that respect to game the system, but they saw that once they were changed, there could have been a great possibility. It just opened up that gateway of allowing people to game the system, because I know for a long time the FBI, DEA, other agencies would feel that they were left out. They didn't, they didn't have the access that the NSA had or the CIA had to these documents, you know, that would show maybe some kind of connection between a terrorist and somebody operating in the United States with that terror network. So they really pushed and pushed and pushed to have this kind of access. I just don't think people realize how loose these rules became and how many people were able to gain access. So in other words, if the rules weren't changed, it's likely the unmasking would have been a crime, correct? Absolutely. I mean, I think that that type of unmasking without with without explanation. I mean, they have to have a reason to unmask someone. But apparently under these rules now, the only reason you need is that it's of national security concern. Well, almost anything can be a national security concern if you don't have to explain yourself. Let me go to Buzz. Now, let's go back to your knowledge of Susan Rice, and you knew her for two years. Tell us about the person she is. Well, she's uh, not very fond of the military, so we didn't have a very close relationship. But uh, she is a political operative. In my time in the White House, Sean, she was the person, if you recall, that the Sudanese government offered uh, Osama bin Laden to the United States government back in 1996. She was the one that talked Bill Clinton out of taking him into our custody. Uh, that's the kind of person she is. She does things from a purely political standpoint um, and, and hangs her a foreign policy advisor and expert uh, moniker on everything that she does. But she is a, a, a can, wait, can you can, can you can you go She's back? Can, can you just I want to put some emphasis on this. You know, say this again. So our audience hears clearly what you're saying about the woman, you know, and Susan Rice. Who is the person she helped release? Well, she's she, she was involved in um, 
the turning down of Osama bin Laden when he was offered to us by Sudan back in 1996. By the way, I wrote, I wrote about that in my first book, Let Freedom Ring, I mean, extensively. Yeah. He was yeah, offered on a silver platter. She was, the, she was the loudest voice in the room when we were having those discussions about whether or not to take him. And Clinton was actually inclined to take him. But she was the one that argued that we didn't have um, we didn't have the, enough legal foundation to take him into custody. And, you know, of course, what happened five years later. But um, she, she approaches things from a purely what's in it for me, what's in it for the administration, how can we best um, uh, couch this and uh, in, in, in protect our legacy you see, if we in, had, our, in our policy. Sarah, if we had a, a legitimate news media, wouldn't that be huge news? Don't you think you should interview Buzz Patterson about her being in the room when Sudan offered bin Laden on a silver platter and we turned it down and she was the one fighting for his release? Absolutely. I mean, Buzz, I'm, I'm more than happy to interview you about this and get that story, research that story in the media. Yeah, these are stories that are not being Listen, I mean, people are not listening to the real stories here, and it's, it's so unfortunate. I couldn't believe how many anchors, reporters came out on CNN and even on other networks um, that were standing there defending Susan Rice even before she even admitted that she had unmasked. I mean, they were saying there's no way wow. she didn't do any unmasking. And then she comes out and says, no, I did unmasking, but it was legal. And these are the reasons why. I'd love Does to see I'd love to see that questioning by Trey Gowdy of her under oath, which I think would be huge. All right, Sarah, I know you have to go. You stayed longer than uh, we thought. We'll continue with Scott Eulinger and Lieutenant Colonel Buzz Patterson. Sarah, we'll see you on Hannity tonight. All right, final hour, news roundup, information overload hour on the Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Now, one of the issues involving Susan Rice, we just proved in the last hour she either lied two weeks ago or she lied yesterday. There's no in-between here. I don't know a thing. Now she knows everything. And it accelerated, et cetera. And we know she unmasked. She admits it. So she didn't tell the truth. But this is not the first time that Susan Rice has lied. And that raises a lot of questions about the veracity of everybody involved in all these issues involving surveilling then candidate Trump and President-elect Trump and his transition team, the unmasking of General Flynn, the unmasking of other Americans that she was doing. And then on top of that, the leaking of intelligence that in one case, General Flynn's case, destroyed his entire career. Now, remember with Benghazi, remember there was five Sunday shows and there was this narrative that was being advanced that, oh, it was all related to a YouTube video. And and this was a spontaneous demonstration. Now, it was an idiotic analysis from the get go, because how do people spontaneously have mortars in their back pockets? How do they have RPGs in their back pockets? It was a lie from the get go. And she was Obama's go to to lie. And she was the one that knew this was not true because we have since discovered that they knew within hours it was a terrorist attack. Here's Susan Rice lying on five Sunday shows. But based on the best information we have to date, what our assessment is as of the present is in fact what it began spontaneously in Benghazi uh, as a reaction to what had transpired some hours earlier in Cairo, where, of course, as you know, uh, there was a, a violent protest outside of our embassy uh, sparked by this uh, hateful video. 
Um, but soon after that uh, spontaneous protest began outside of our consulate in Benghazi, we believe that it looks like extremist elements, uh, individuals joined in that, uh, in that effort with heavy weapons uh, of the sort that are unfortunately readily now available uh, in Libya post-revolution, and that it spun from there into something much, much more violent. How can it be spontaneous? Use your common sense here. A spontaneous demonstration because of a YouTube video and events that happened in Cairo. And they just happen to have spontaneously with them mortars that they're firing into the freaking compound. It never made sense. And we since discovered that it was all one big lie. And just like RPGs, I'm going to go demonstrate. Just in case I spontaneously feel like firing the thing, I'll bring it with me to the protest. I'll bring it. I'll go protest with an RPG in one pocket and a mortar in another pocket. That really makes a lot of sense. But that's the lie and the BS that she went out and spun. One person that knew the truth from the beginning was Chris Tonto Peranto. He was a good friend of the program, by the way. He's got a new book coming out, The Ranger Way. It's going to be released in May. But anyway, in his work with uh, Nine Line Foundation. All right, so you're one of the heroes of Benghazi. You're one of the guys that had the stand-down order. Yeah. You, you know, I hate you. I know you call me a hero. I hate that. Oh, but shut you know, up. I, I'm allowed to call you anything I want. Because <laughs> you just come in here and curse me out in front of I your, your I book didn't, I didn't flip you off today, though. Usually you, I give you the bird, and I didn't today. You, I have respect No, today. you didn't give me the bird, but you used the language. It's the same thing. It's. I'm sorry. Gosh, dang, you don't need to tell your viewers. Are your viewers? Are we Are we on radio right now? Uh, we're on, we're yeah, at. we're on. There are no viewers Listen. here. There's no view. Do you see any cameras in front of you? Uh, let's start. Did you have a late over. night last night? Yeah, I did. I did, and I didn't even do anything with. Never let's just stop there. You're going to get me in trouble. No, I don't want you to get you in trouble. All right, but the reality is, so you're at the CIA annex, which is how many miles away? Oh, geez, a, a mile, half a mile, half a mile half away. Mile. Okay, yeah. You know that the 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 compound is under attack. Heavy attack. You can see it. You're you told to stand down. How many multiple times? Uh, three times. I don't care if you hear it. Stand down. Wait. Whatever. Same thing. We were delayed. You were delayed. We, yeah. You say screw you. We're going anyway. Bottom line. That's what we did. And you and, and all yeah. the heroes of Benghazi went? The, the team went. The team, and uh, you know, subsequently we lost a lot. And you did. You, yeah. We lost. Uh, Sean Smith. Right. Ambassador Stevens, and then my, my teammates, Tyrone Woods. And yeah, Wendell. Ty Woods. I mean, I know his father well. And, and all right, so then you hear the the, the, the spontaneous. Oh, yeah. And you and the guys are what, <laughs> saying what to yourself? You know, I, I saw it in Germany, the uh, not the following day, because we fought into the following day, but the, right. the 14th. I, I turned the TV on. I was in Germany at the Air Force Base there, and I saw this, this, li- this lying sack of uh, yeah. trash saying what she did. And I'll be honest, I, I, I looked at her, and I just I looked at the TV, and I in my head, I swore, this is the Obama administration, par for the course. I was angry for a second, but then it was just, you know what? This is what they do. You Turn. knew it was all a big manufactured lie. Uh, definitely you did. And nobody talked to us either. That was that was not surprising to me, but it pissed me off. And a month later, Obama was still spewing that lie. Got to win the election. And yeah. terrorism is on the run. And, can't, can't show that it's not. And this was in the lead up to the 2012 election. Yes, sir. So here we got Susan Rice now caught up in another scandal. <laughs> and now she's she, for two weeks ago, she said, I don't know anything about this. And now she's admitting yesterday that she did unmask the names of Americans. Unbelievable how, how she feels so untouchable. Uh, you know, Mr. Sessions, he needs to take take uh, this into account. And, and he, he needs to set an example. So says the President Trump leader and ha- leader out in handcuffs, put her in handcuffs on national TV, set the example. So these bureaucrats quit telling lies. We lost four Americans in Benghazi, September 11, 2012. Yes, sir. 
you went there and you just you you, you put your whole career on the line. You, mm. you, you when you don't listen to orders and you're in the military, you're done. You're done. Yeah. And then at the end of that, you would have been done. And we and we were in we were anyway after after we decided to tell the truth, we all were subsequently. Uh, we all lost our clearances, which as a contractor basically means that you're done. You're fine. And I haven't worked since. I have not. And, and there has been other things coming up, but my life has significantly changed. And this is how your country rewards you for going and literally saving the lives of how many people in that compound? It was over 30, close to 36. You got them out. You got them out safely. That, we always seem to forget that, especially those that watch the liberal media. They don't remember the lives. that. How accurate saved. was 13 hours? Very accurate. Uh, we had took a we took whole process, place in the whole process, from the script writing to the set design. In fact, Tig even said he would waterboard Michael Bay if he messed it up. For all those politically <laughs> correct viewers out, listeners out there, did I say viewers again? I need some more. Yeah, you need some. We gotta I give do. you a shot gotta, of whatever I you were need, drinking I need last some night. Espresso, dude. You, you, dude, you had a rough night. I can absolutely see it. <laughs> what you're entitled to. Thank you. I guess, you know, so you're sitting here watching all this unfold, but your life changed. I mean, all right, yeah, you got to do a book and a movie, and your life's changed in that way, but that wasn't your desire. No, and it's, it's, I'll be honest, it's not gotten better. Money does not make things make you happier. Your life doesn't, and my life has changed. I've, I've been divorced again, and don't cry for me. Believe me, I, it's my choice with things that have happened, but things have, we have sacrificed by coming out and telling Listen, the I got to be honest. I know. There's 250,000 people that we've identified, I think, that real, you know, too many tours. Yeah. You know, if you're doing six, seven, eight tours, three tours with a lot of combat action, you know what? They're, all these guys are suffering PTSD. I know that sure. some people don't like to use that term, but that's how I understand sure. it. And they're coming back. They're not the same. And mm -hmm. and then they're getting divorces. They're drinking. They're using drugs. And we're not helping these guys. They deserve our help. And that, that's why you have these organizations like Nine Line. You have I have my own foundation, 14th Hour Foundation. Well, what is your – what are you – what are you – I'm, I'm, I'm Line Jack Daniels? I'm is that a, what are you telling I'm these guys? Dude, dude. <laughs> I tell you, do whatever you need to do to feel right and then go see Sean Hannity on his show. That's what you I know, tell him. That's what I the tell reason him. I can say this to him is because we've become really good friends. Otherwise, you'd probably beat the crap <laughs> out of me. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you an MMA? fighter now from the last three years from you used to choke me out till now you could pro you could probably Dude, choke me out now I, uh I, I i can do big damage <laughs> i know you i can. really can do that because i'm training five days a week and you are getting look at you're getting know, jacked you can up tell. we're not I'm taking, getting jacked up we're not taking pictures together anymore because they were like dang Hannity's bigger than you it, are like, it, oh, it's oh, not that i mean i i just love isn't it sick i have the, i have your mindset that's and that's what if, you need that if i had to be 18 again i'd go in the military well you've got that combat mindset you're not really going to be a victim and that's no, great i'm not that's and, fantastic um there's a certain peace it's really a, a bizarre mental side of this and that is that you have the peace of knowing that you can always protect yourself sure but also the confidence to walk away and that's the big thing and hold your head high and that, that that's having confidence if you and yeah. saying hey I don't need to take it to that level. No, nope. we can, we can leave, and it's also the confidence to say, you know, maybe I made a mistake here. That guy's six eight, three hundred thirty pounds. <laughs> By um, the way, with what I'm learning, it doesn't matter. You're, you're right. It doesn't matter. You're right. I'm, Size you're, means nothing in that sense. You're exactly right. There. So I was at an event the other night uh, with Bo Deedle and uh, Geraldo Rivera for the FDNY, and this guy comes up to me, cursing me out, stuck his finger in my right in my grill. And I was carrying drinks I had just bought for Bo and Geraldo, and I'm like. I handed it to somebody. I said, get your finger out of my blanking face, or I'm going to break your finger, and I'll break your jaw. And it just came flying out like that. <laughs> and it was interesting. The words pushed him back Wait, because he knew I was serious. And, because, again, and I was. I mean, when you have a finger, you take it and you snap it. Well, that's, that's just bullies. And bullies, for the most part, 
do not have confidence. And then they start walking away and cursing more yeah, as they yeah, walk yeah. backwards. You know, it's, it's, it's very it funny. Always, you did you did a good job. Listen, I, I I I don't I don't want to ever hit anybody. I and, don't. I have no desire to hit anybody. And none of us that, that have been in any sort of combat or, or those sort of situations want to take lives. Uh, but tell it's me, necessary at times. All right. So tell me about Nine uh, Line Foundation because this is a passion here. Well, yeah, Nine Line actually they started by they, they build homes, they build homes for for veterans that have been severely injured in combat. You know, I'm working with building homes for heroes. And and you know what? Then you need to get involved with Nine Line. We need to get yeah, you involved. You know what? We like should Tyler probably Sher- join forces. I think so. Ty, the, the owner here, he's, he's still in, Captain. He was with the 100, 160th. He's here. He's going to talk to you about that. But they are a tremendous organization. And they also help fund and they give money to Glenn's Foundation, well, Glenn Doherty's Foundation, yeah. which is great. Yep. Fantastic. You know, it's it's kind of cool. And uh, I've just decided that, you know, whenever we can, we try and help these groups. Definitely. And uh, it makes you feel good. This whole thing with the FDNY was to help building homes for heroes. That's fantastic. And right. you got to, you, and we you had got one to. liberal in there. I get the one. Why do always one liberal in every freaking crowd? <laughs> when you're hanging out with cops and firemen, none of them are liberal. <laughs> got the one. I mean, that one guy gets in my grill, and I'm like, oh, jeez. I can't even go to a fight and enjoy. It was a boxing matches. It's your face. It's your face. They just don't like your face. Well, I don't like your face either. Why were you <laughs> making fun of my face? What is up with that? I don't know what it's. I don't. Maybe it's the eyes. The, your eyes. What about my inter- eyes? Why? I, they're just in. T- I'm not even. We'll just stop there. I'm, again. <laughs> Good <laughs> grief! I mean. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Tonto Peranto's with us. I don't know. We hit it off from the very second we met each other. Fantastic. And we just. We just. I don't know what it is. We just clicked. I love this guy. All right. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. <laughs> Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you anywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, as we continue with Tonto Peranto, he knows Susan Rice is a liar because she lied on five Sunday shows as it relates to the Benghazi issue. Uh, here's the example of her lying either two weeks ago or yesterday on NBC. I know nothing about this. I was surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus on that uh, count today. I mean, let's back up and recall where we have been. Uh, The President of the United States accused his predecessor, President Obama, of wiretapping Trump Tower during the campaign. Nothing of the sort occurred. Did you seek the names of people involved in, to to unmask the names of people involved in the Trump transition, the Trump campaign, people surrounding the the president-elect. Let me be clear. In order to spy on them, in order to expose them. Absolutely not for any political purposes to spy, expose anything. I really don't know to what uh, Chairman Nunes was referring, but he said that whatever he was referring to was a, a legal, lawful surveillance, and that it was potentially incidental collection right. on American citizens. And I think it's important for, under, for people to understand what incidental means. That means that the target was a either a foreign entity or somebody under criminal investigation. But the fact is that uh, in, the president did request uh, back in December that the intelligence community compile all of the information that it had on what had transpired during the campaign with respect to the Russians involving themselves uh, in the presidential campaign. And that report was provided uh, to the American people in unclassified form and to Congress uh, in classified form in early January. Did the pace accelerate during the transition, perhaps in early December, uh, perhaps when the president ordered an investigation into the hacking? 
the Russian hacking, did the pace of unmasking requests, of your unmasking requests, accelerate toward the end of the White House tenure? And I can't say the pace of un unmasking requests would accelerate, but if you're asking were there more reports provided to senior U.S. officials after the president requested the compilation of the intelligence, which uh, was ultimately um, provided in January, yes. What happened was, as the IC went about the business... The intelligence of, community the intelligence went about the business of following up on the president's of order. fulfilling the president's request for such a report. They went back and scrubbed more reports. They began to provide more such reports to American officials, including myself. This is not uh, anything uh, political has, has been alleged. The allegation is that somehow uh, Obama administration officials uh, utilized intelligence for political purposes. That's absolutely false. All right, uh, so she's just such a liar. You you watch that Sunday after you risked your life. You could look. Ty Woods, Glenn Doherty, dead. Yeah. The ambassador dead. Sean. Um, Sean Smith. Smith dead. Okay. And she's on TV lying. And I'm thinking, what are you thinking? I'd be pissed. I, I'm, I'm more pissed now because she continually gets away with it. Make an example of her. Stop this right now. She deserves to be put in handcuffs and walked out of there after Devin Nunes, Devin Nunes is done with her and be put in prison. And maybe this would stop. Maybe these bureaucrats would quit lying. All right. You are a hero. We love you. Chris Tonto Peranto, thanks, thanks for stopping by, bro. Thanks, we'll bro. see you soon. And yes, by sir. the way, his, his new book is coming out in May. We'll have him back then. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. We know you never want to miss the Sean Hannity Show. And now you never have to. Just sign up for Hannity Headlines, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go, even to your liberal in-law's place in Vermont. So, um... Yeah. And after a few hours of that, you'll be glad you brought Sean along. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. All right, let's get to our phones. I know a lot of you have been dying to weigh in here. So much to get to. We continue our top story, which is weaponizing intelligence gathering. Now, you got to understand, and I said this in the last half hour, and I've said it in the hour before, that I don't hold the intelligence community responsible for what's happening here. The fact that we're gathering intelligence is just a necessary tool, weapon if you even want to say so, in a world that has so much evil in it. You know, I'd like to say, yeah, there does, there's no evil that exists in the world. That ISIS and Al-Qaeda and radical Islamists, they don't exist. But that's just not truth. That's not reality. Evil does exist. And you've got to outthink, outsmart any attempts at destroying innocent human life. And intelligence is a big part of, a, of the arsenal of weapons and tools that you use to save lives and avert danger. Now, when you take that information, especially raw intelligence, and you use it against innocent Americans for political purposes because you have political disagreements, well, now you're, you're running the risk that your country becomes a police state. Now, some of you that hate Trump might be saying, Oh, who cares? He was talking to the Russians. We needed to talk to the Russians. Okay, that has been debunked. There's no evidence to corroborate that. Not even the people that have seen the the raw intelligence have come to that conclusion, including people close to and, and at the higher echelon of the intelligence community under Obama. That would be Admiral Rogers. That would be James Comey. That would be James Clapper. These are, you know, even now Adam Schiff is acknowledging it. This is the minority leader on the House Intelligence Committee. 
So nobody nobody has any information. I mean, if you watch some of these news channels, they're they're acting as though this Russia, this this non-story, this false narrative, this conspiracy theory is somehow akin to the blue dress of Monica Lewinsky. Sure-fired DNA evidence that happened. It doesn't exist. And in the process, they are ignoring what has now become the weaponizing of raw intelligence and the unmasking of Americans and surveillance in the guise of national security being used to for political purposes. And then, of course, leaking the intelligence and unmasking American citizens' names. It is, it is, this is beyond dangerous for this country. It is beyond evil and sinister. It is taking a necessary tool in the arsenal against evil in our time and using it against honest, innocent American citizens. And that is a great danger. At that point, you don't have freedom. You don't have a country any longer. You have a, you have a government so weaponized that it can, it can basically blackmail and do whatever they want to any individual. And that is the decline of liberty and freedom. Do you believe in Fourth Amendment protections, unreasonable search and seizure? Do you believe that your government should be getting warrants before surveilling any American citizen? Do you believe fundamentally that Americans have the right to speak their mind, their First Amendment rights, without fear of recrimination of some sort? That is what is at stake here. That's what's in play here. This is now something a, a, that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. And for the same media that ignored vetting Obama, the same media that never told you about the failures of his leftist policies, the same media that colluded with Hillary, is the same media advancing a false narrative conspiracy theory and ignoring the real scandal at hand. And that, too, raises questions about, about what I've been bringing up often for many years about an information crisis in the country and journalism, real journalism, mostly being dead in the case of Sarah Carter and John Solomon and Adam Housley and James Rosen and a few others. Journalism is alive and they're trying to get answers. But the media is doing their level best to distract the American people. They, they advance a narrative. Well, why did Devin Nunes go to the White House to see the information? Because the White House counsel told him he needed to see it in a, in, a, in a place that was safe and secure. And that was one of those places. But the media led you to believe that it was the White House giving the information to Devin Nunes. That wasn't true. Pretty interesting how Adam Schiff shut up pretty fast after he went over and saw the information. All right, Jeremy is in Albany, New York, on WGY. What's up, Jeremy? How are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, Sean, good to talk to you, brother. It's an honor being able to speak to you. Yes, sir. The honor is all mine. What's going on? Well, I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts here. I mean, we were supposed to get some, uh, you know, some progress with Hillary uh, being charged. Do you think we will see Susan Rice face charges or be brought into trial or anything of some sort to get us some answers to let these people be held accountable? For what they're doing, I just—it's completely crazy that they just keep getting away with all this stuff, and there's no one on the left being held accountable from the Obama administration. 
is nobody that I respect, I have zero respect. If I ever had any respect for some of these people in media, it's it's totally, completely, utterly gone. This is Watergate on multiple steroids and growth hormone, and nobody wants to pay attention to it. And maybe, maybe in the end they end up trying to bury the story. I don't know. But we're going to have an investigation. It's going to happen. I'll be shocked, stunned, and amazed and saddened beyond belief if people aren't arrested and put in jail for what they've done here at very high levels. Anyway, I appreciate it. Bruce is in Farmington, New Mexico, says that you're a former FBI guy. How are you? Good, Sean. Thanks for thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, former FBI agent, tech agent, and I actually sat on some of these warrants, actually set up my own, and sat on some of these uh, uh, listening uh, the surveillances. In other words, the and raw intelligence would... gathering. In other words, uh, you, you've heard surveillance. You've heard it. Right, right. W- with, a, with, a legitimate, the with a legitimate warrant, I'm sure, right? Yes, yes. Did the minimization, did the whole nine yards that we're talking about. Right. I thought what I would do is explain for your audience, a lot of people are touching on this, and, and there's a lot of misconceptions. So I thought I'd explain the mechanics of how this works and who's really in jeopardy and what, I think possibly was motivation. As an agent, I was an FBI agent. So uh, as an agent, I would get a lead and I would open up a case on, on a suspect. And I, if I wanted to do a wire, I would fill out a warrant and I would go to a judge, uh, either a FISA judge or I'd get a, uh, the U.S. attorney to, take, to fill out a warrant, go to FISA judge. And they would say authorize that that action would be okay. Then I would send it in to the phone company, and they would set it up. Uh, now they do it all electronically. We used to go in and actually do a wire tap, and I'm sure that's what, what uh, President Trump was thinking. We'd actually go in and think, it looked like a stick of dynamite. had some wires coming out of it, and I'd find the wires that we needed, and we'd tap them, and then we'd take the other wires and hook it up to wires that were coming in to wherever we were doing the, uh, the recording. So what we've got here is it's obvious that the Obama administration did not do it themselves um, because if they did, Susan Rice wouldn't have to worry about unmasking. They'd have all that data because you, you're listening to the raw data coming in. So we, what we've got is we've got one of the three letters, and I, I don't know who, actually gathered this data, actually has a transcript. And that individual, that, that agent or that person that was transcribing that is the person that would have done the masking of the data. Susan Rice doesn't have the raw, raw data. She, has, she would have had if she – well, first off, there's two possibilities. One, that an agent saw all of this and said, hey, wait a minute, I got Trump's people, and she went to the administration, or, or that agent went to the administration. Or option two, the administration went searching and fishing for a United States attorney or an agent to actually open up a legitimate case on a foreign subject with the full intent of knowing that that subject talks with people in the Trump administration. The person that's in danger here is the person that had that raw data, that agent or that person that transcribed that, tra- that, that raw data, because I can ask all of any of my FBI buddies to unmask anything that they've done. I don't have any problem asking for it. 
It's the person that actually unmasks it. We've got to find that agent and who actually unmasks but is it. it but as I understand it, if anybody goes into the, the privacy of where this information is stored, and it's stored in a secure location is my understanding, but there is a record of people signing in, signing out, and specifically what they look at. Is that true? That's true. And it, it would be that agent or that agent supervisor that actually got it out. Right. Susan Rice could ask for it, but that agent is the one that did this. But if she's only asking, there's going to be a record of it all. It has to be. If she's only asking for unmasking of, of Trump or Trump transition team members or Trump campaign members, then that has to prove a political agenda, doesn't it? If she never did it before, and I would doubt that she had reason to before, right? Well, again, you're, you're looking at patterns, but this is, the, this is the beauty of what I see that they possibly did. They can say, hey, wait a minute, with 1233, I just asked for the data. You gave me the data, and I could share the data with the, you know, the 16 agencies that we're spreading across now. She knew it was going to get leaked, but she didn't really leak it. Well, that's, I mean, but obviously then she becomes a co-conspirator in the sense that, you know, like, for example, then I want to ask the question about, well, how did Evelyn Farkas get a hold of this information? I mean, I know about it in July. You know, how did she, you know, predict the impeachment of Trump? Because obviously somebody was telling her something that she should not know, not being in the administration anymore, and frankly, not at a level that I think she would have seen it anyway. But let's say say I call Trump Tower, either when he's a candidate or I call Trump Tower if he's the president-elect. And by the way, I did make those calls. I was always calling for interviews. That's my job. And let's say if, if, for example, there was any surveillance on me, they don't have a warrant to surveil me, correct? They don't have a warrant at that moment to surveil the president-elect or then-candidate Trump, do they? Well, you have two American citizens there. Now you have a full-fledged investigation. That's not no, yet. Well, now at that point you have a crime. Well, you have somebody that has suspected a crime. Okay, but but if you don't have a warrant, you have no right to surveil me, period, end of sentence. Right, right. So there will be a warrant. uh, In your case, there would be a warrant, and you would go and look at at who swore that he knew of nefarious things that you had done or Trump had done. In the FISA case, there will also be somebody that says, I swear that I know things have happened and I I need this done. So that paper trail is there. What we need is that agent, whoever set up that warrant or swore out that warrant, to say, okay, this, yes, I was pressured by Susan Rice to unmask this based on stuff that mm-hmm. I knew and I had told her that was going on. All right. Listen, I appreciate your expertise, Bruce. I think you shed a lot of light on this for people that, I mean, it gets complicated. I'm trying to I'm trying to make this as understandable as possible. That's why I'm, I'm keeping it to a bare minimum, which is surveillance, legal and unlegal, and unmasking the identities of people that you're not supposed to be surveilling, that you don't have a warrant to surveil, and then leaking intelligence, obviously a crime. All right, Doug is in Oregon. Doug, hi, how are you? We're glad you called, sir. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good, my friend. What's going on? Oh, you know, with this whole deal that you got going on with Obama and stuff, I'd sell my childhood to help fund your your uh, <laughs> legal attorneys and stuff, you know. And no, no, I, sir. I said from the word go, Obama was is about as slimy as as Monica's dress is, so. Oh, now how many heads of cattle do you have? (laughs) Oh, I I don't have as many as I did. I went through a divorce, but I've got about 50. Listen, sir, you you keep your cattle. You're very kind. Listen, I make, let me just say this. Over the years, I've had 
so many people approach me. Say, ah, you got to sell T-shirt. Ah, you got to sell. I wrote three books. I have a movie coming out that I'd like people to go see that I think has great meaning in, in around Thanksgiving. But I, I, if I'm going to have a lawsuit, I'll fund it myself. I, I can afford it. And if there is civil action to be taken, I've got great lawyers. I'm going to have to argue on DeGeneva's rates, for crying out loud. They're through the moon. And uh, Jay Seculo, you know, he always he's a buddy of mine. He'll he'll he's not going to he'll take care of me. I'm not worried. I'm just fortunate that I have the means if I need to go down there. You keep your cattle. God bless you and your family. And uh, we appreciate what you do every day. You're one of those people that helps feed every American. And we don't give you guys enough credit. Thank you for what you do. I love a good steak every night. Every night. I really do. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.